0: Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. On a page on their website titled Fix Our Broken System and in answer to the question, why a third party? The Green Party says the third parties can force progress on political issues. They can provide an emotional bridge for voters weary of voting for one major party but not ready to vote for the other. And they can help turn one of the major parties out of power. Uh, some of the reasons articulated, at least by the Green Party. Today on Access Utah, we'll be joined by representatives from three third parties, and uh, we will uh, get uh, uh, their perspective on why uh, third parties. Uh, We welcome in Jonathan Choate, who's county chairman of the Cache County Libertarian Party. Jonathan Choate, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me. Um, And everybody on telephone today because of covid um, Richard Davis uh, is chair of the United Utah Party. Welcome to you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And Kevin Paulson is first vice chair of the Constitution Party of Utah. Thanks for joining us. You betcha. Uh, so let me start, uh, Jonathan Joe, with you. Uh, you have an interesting history. You, I, I think you were Libertarian, uh, then you went to the Republican Party and were in, in county leadership there, and then uh, back to Libertarians. Um, got quite a bit of press, I think, 2016. And the the reason you gave was the nomination of uh, Mr. Trump, who then, of course, became president. Um, So uh, I know you've thought uh, a lot about, you know, one of the the two parties versus the uh, third party. Uh, Why a third party?
2: Well, I think there's a a lot of reasons why. You know, personally, I never, I haven't been changing what my philosophies are Party affiliation can vary based on what the, the needs are at the time and and how, what those parties are espousing at the time. Um, so, third parties really are a refuge when you just can't stomach what your <laughs> what your choices are when you're only given two. And they all, all are also there, I think, to provide a, a relief valve to let people participate and feel like they can have their you know have their vote heard. Um, and it does tend to keep the bigger parties a little, little more honest about making sure that they are appear, appealing to a wider variety of people. Um, I, I'm, as much as I hate to say it, as a libertarian, as a member of a third party, I don't think any of the parties right now are ready to govern, to just jump into power and take over. But in, if there is one of the parties that, you know, doesn't, um, maintain themselves, I think the third parties could step up and do that in, a, in short order. One of them could could arise out of that uh, group. Uh,
0: Richard Davis uh, with the United Utah Party. Uh, when were when was United Utah formed? Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. So so quite recent. Um, and uh, I know you know the folks that formed the United Utah Party saw a need. What, what what's that need?
1: Well, the need was for a party that would uh, actually be able to govern um, by using good ideas from both the Democrats and the Republicans and actually representing uh, many Utah voters who see themselves as moderates, as uh, not extreme left or extreme right, who want to be represented and want to have a government that reflects their policy views. So we saw a real vacuum. Uh, There was a Gallup poll that came out last year in Utah that showed that um, 41% of Utahns identify themselves as conservative. Uh, 40% say that they're moderate. And that's what our party is, is a moderate party.
0: Mm. Uh, Kevin Paulson with the Constitution Party of Utah um, what need are, are you seeing with Constitution Party? And obviously, uh, you're not seeing needs being met by the two major parties.
3: That's correct. I agree with that. And uh, I was actually turned on to the Constitution Party uh, by Chuck Baldwin when he was running in 08. He came out to visit, and he said a vote for the lesser of two evils is still a vote for evil. And it really made me think, uh, you know, I want to be responsible to myself, and to God for how I vote. I don't want to be playing a game with the system saying, well, it would be awful if this person got in, so we'll just vote for the less awful person. No, hmm. so that never made sense.
0: I want to follow up, though. That, that's an interesting quote, uh, the lesser of two evils is still evil. Uh, I'm hearing from some friends that, that uh, in this election, um, they don't want Mr. Trump, and they, they don't know if they can vote for Mr. Biden. You know, for example... Um, and they, they're talking, they're using that phrase, lesser of two evils, and some of them are not wanting to vote for either evil. So I guess that resonates.
3: Absolutely. I mean, you should be able to feel confident uh, in the candidate you vote for. Otherwise, I think you shouldn't vote at all. Um, yeah. we're, when we vote, we are placing our confidence in this person to defend our liberties. And uh, if, if the person is just not going to do that, then uh then opt out there's nothing wrong with opting out of voting
0: uh let me uh, let me go around again uh, Jonathan Choate with the Cache county libertarian Party um you you said and I think you speak truth there um, <laughs> that uh, maybe none of the parties the third parties are ready to govern right now but but you think maybe they could in in fairly short order
2: yes I think. I think they could rise to that challenge. Um, You know, if you were to take what, you know, Libertarian Party's been around a really long time. They're all 50 states ballots. If you took them as an example and said, all right, suddenly they're going to be filling, you know, most of the House seats, uh, you know, a majority of House seats and some Senate seats and have the presidency, they wouldn't know how to react to it. And again, I say this as one of them, but that's not how things work. They don't, you don't just suddenly gain power all at once. You're going. It's going to be a. It's a gradual process, and I think the seriousness with which the parties will handle things will change as they are, um, you know, as they get, uh, and, you know, as that power base grows. You know, parties tend to be the third parties tend to be a refuge for the uh, what's the right way to put them, the disaffected, and often the disaffected are somewhat. Um, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. Um, somewhat extreme. I'm not wanting to call this extreme as in necessarily extreme politics, but you know very cynical, very you know, not wanting to deal with the process. Uh, you know the, oh the jokes in libertarian land are which you know getting libertarians to all agree on something is worse than hurting cats, uh, and that's uh, fairly accurate, I think
0: <laughs> uh, you but,
2: so, yeah, yeah go ahead you get there.
0: um so I just
2: w- go ahead no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, going back to your question, yes, they can arise to that challenge. And I think once the principles, and that's the key, a party needs to espouse a set of principles rather than just be an embodiment of people. They need to have something that is representing and unifying them. Once they've done that, then if enough people are attracted to it and they can be taken seriously, then they can can actually arise to that challenge.
0: Uh, so follow up, uh, Jonathan Chot. Um, you were quoted. Uh, this is a couple of years ago in the Logan Herald Journal. You say a common misconception. Uh, we want to leave it is the Libertarian Party is a protest party. So you're you're not a protest party. Then what what's the goal?
2: Well, a, it often is a protest vote, but no, not a protest party. A protest party is something that never is going to get anywhere, and it's just a contrarian. Like, I'm just doing this to spite the two because the two are the only ones that can be there. That's not the case. Now, does that mean that there's not a process to get from, um, you know, where we're at today, where the chances of victory are nil, uh, you know, in, in a presidential race? Of course, there's a process for that. But you start that by having a party, having that set of credentials, attracting people over, and then winning mm-hmm smaller local races, house seats, etc., And as people can see that you can be trusted and taken seriously, then you can become more uh, likely to be able to, to expand into larger things. Hmm. But it's a process. You don't just gain power in one election cycle.
0: Richard Davis, same question to you. Um, uh, um, I'm assuming you don't view the United Utah Party as a protest party. Do you uh, uh, eventually want to, at least in some offices uh, govern. Is that that the case?
1: Absolutely. In fact, uh, we have uh, a candidate who, we have two candidates uh, running this year who have more governance experience than their opponents. Uh, One was on a school board for 12 years. Another was the county sheriff for 28 years. Uh, Two years ago, we had uh, two former members of uh, city council who were running for... uh, with the you know, Utah Party for the State Legislature, so yeah, no, I, I don't think that we have a problem with uh, being able to govern. Uh, we are actually running candidates who are who are well qualified to to serve in positions right now. In fact, sometimes better qualified than the people that they're running against. So uh, that, that's I think a significant uh, difference here um, that we are attracting people who who understand government, who have been in, in government in some ways, in many cases, uh, or their community leaders, uh, and they're they're running because in their particular area, uh, they feel like the uh, Republican Party and the Democratic Party, and often the Democratic Party isn't even there, uh, are not representing uh, the, the voters. An example is the tax reform bill where, uh, almost every Republican in the state legislature voted for that bill December of last year. And those people, m- most of them are running for re-election. And there's, in many cases, no Democrat running against them, uh, or, or not, not a Democrat who's actually running. Our candidates uh, see that need that, that voters are turned off by a legislature that is out of touch with them and they, uh, we think, are going to respond to our candidates. And we, that's already happened. I mean, we, we've, the first time we ran a candidate, that candidate got 10% of the vote, which is far more than third parties typically get. Last, uh, two, two years ago, we ran 18 candidates, and they collectively got uh, a 10% of the vote where they ran. This year, we have 25 candidates uh, who are running. And uh, we expect that we will do even better this time around. So our candidates are not typically getting, you know, the two to three percent, which is which is identified with a a, uh, um, a minor party. Um, there, we had uh, three candidates two years ago who got in the thirty percent range, which is, you know, highly unusual for a supposed third party.
0: Kevin Polson uh, at the top of the show I, I uh, read something I found at the green Party uh, site by the way we do put out uh, feelers to the green Party didn't hear back um, but but if you're um, you know if you're member of the green Party you want to tout the green Party or any other party uh, we will give you that opportunity here um, UPR access at gmail.com UPR at gmail.com or um, UPR access at gmail.com so uh, Kevin Polson a, a couple of uh, reasons or uh, are, are, I guess reasons to be that the Green Party put out there um, why a third party uh, the, uh, a third party can force progress in political issues they can provide an emotional bridge for voters from one party to the, to the next uh, the major parties they can help turn out of power one of the major uh, parties. I, I wonder what you think about those and, and again the same question to you I, I'm assuming uh, your view of the Constitution party not just the protest party you you uh, is the goal to govern at some point?
3: Absolutely. Uh, ultimately, the goal is to uh, reduce the uh, – and that word govern, it almost has a bad ca- connotation now, I think, especially for those in our party who are uh, really turned off with the uh, draconian, tyrannical attitude that the, uh, the people in office typically have. And uh, these days it's so bad that almost anybody could be better. And so the way the parties are governing governing is uh, with a with an iron fist. I mean, you look. Let's let's talk about the elephant in the room: this COVID issue. Um, The idea that the governor can just pass an executive order to mandate mask um, wearing—it's ludicrous. It's so far out of the bounds. I mean, the governor can't even write law, and he's passing executive orders on what we have to wear and medical uh, treatments, um, it, it's beyond the pale, what we're, what we're seeing today. So we just need somebody that will stand by constitutional principles and limitations on government and let f- the free people of the state of Utah govern themselves.
0: Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to uh, pick up where Mr. Paulson left off there uh, and have each of these gentlemen talk about issues important in, in the parties that they represent um, and, and where the, the two major parties are falling down and why the need, therefore a need for a third party. I uh, will do that uh, following this break.
4: 2020 election coverage on Utah Public Radio is supported by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University, working to move mountains for Utah girls and women through research, resources, and events. Information is available at utwomen.org. Election programming is also supported by Southern Utah University, offering online programs that are designed to provide flexibility and affordability. Accelerate the path to professional achievement by choosing the online degree that's right for you. Information available at suu.edu slash online.
3: Hey, it's Francis Lamb, and this week we dive into cooking from all over. From a master class in pasta to the old-time food of Appalachia, baking with an award-winning pastry chef, the incredibly diverse cooking of Houston, and a love letter to Mexico. It's coming up on The Splendid Table. Sunday at noon on Utah Public Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're talking about uh, third parties, alternative parties, perhaps we should call them, uh, parties that are not uh, Democrats or Republicans. Um, and uh, this leading up, of course, to Election Day, which is less than a week away. Uh, we are talking with Jonathan Choate, county chairman of the Cache County Libertarian Party, Richard Davis, chair of the United Utah Party, and Kevin Paulson, who is first vice chair of the Constitution Party of Utah. love to hear what you think. Are you considering voting for a uh, so-called third party uh, this time around, at presidential level, or, or uh, any of the races in Utah? Um... And uh, love to hear your reasons uh, as well. Upraccess at gmail.com, The best way to get to us uh, today. Upraccess at uh, gmail.com. Uh, um, and uh, so, uh, let me start again with Jonathan Chote uh, with with this round of questions. As I teased before the break, uh, love to hear what 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 issues. Uh, I guess maybe start uh, Jonathan Chote with uh, you know sort of foundation principles for the Libertarian Party, and then and then what issues are top of mind.
2: Uh, well, I mean, there's so many issues today. We obviously won't enumerate them all. We have three guests who are all going to have their own. Um, but uh, the, the founding principles are... The, the Libertarian Party's founding principle is called the non-aggression principle. And it's it's summed up in a nice, simple phrase of don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Um, you know, that's that's the uh, the easy way to say it. But basically it's saying... Don't, uh, you know, whether you're the government or not, you know, two people, what, there's another one, what is it, two uh, two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for lunch is not, and you know, it, it's not okay. Uh, just because you vote for something, if you didn't have the power to do it yourself, uh, then you don't have the power to do it uh, as a group. So um, I think we've gone very far away from the principles of liberty, letting People letting a a mature society govern themselves. Now, the, can the argument made today that we're not very mature? Sometimes I think so, but we have to be given the chance to prove it rather than the assumption.
0: Um, Richard Davis, what the, the I guess founding principles of United Utah Party, and are there are any issues that you're particularly looking at uh, that, that that your party can meet uh, better than the other parties? Do you think?
1: Well, we were, we were formed in order to give voice to a large segment of the Utah electorate who don't feel like they fit into either the Republican or Democratic parties because they see those parties as too extreme. Um, uh, for, for example, uh, the issue of education. We, we very much support um, increasing funding for education and support for, for public education and we feel like uh, the Republican Party has given a lot of rhetorical support to that, but really hasn't, uh, is, has only made incremental change. Uh, and the Democratic Party, uh, you know, may support that, but really hasn't put that as a priority. We put that as a priority. I think another thing is uh, that we need to deal with uh, the health care crisis in our, in our country and in our state. Um, and there's been an attempt in the past to, uh, to to deal with this at the national level, we need to step up at the state level and deal with rising health care costs, uh, the inability of people to know you know what it is that they're paying for. Uh, still, another is affordable housing. Uh, we we know that housing prices have just skyrocketed in Utah, particularly in the Wasatch Front, and uh, and that that is that is uh, hurting people who are. Uh, younger, uh, trying to find a home at an affordable cost. It's hurting uh, low-income individuals. We're also very much in favor of reforming our political system in such a way that will increase the, the, the role of uh, ordinary citizens. So we, we favor term limits for politicians. We favor campaign finance limits so that we don't have big donors who are giving huge amounts, which is true in Utah right now. Uh, we're in favor of ranked-choice voting. Um, we're in favor of more nonpartisan elections, particularly if the state school board should not be partisan. We don't want local school boards to be partisan. That's, that's the next step the Republicans are going to take. We don't like uh, the, co- the county offices to be partisan. So those are some of the things that we, uh, we, we, we want to change in Utah.
0: Uh, Kevin Paulson with Constitution Party of Utah, the same question to you. What, what are founding principles, and are, are there issues do you think that your party addresses much better than the, the, the two major parties?
3: I'm, I'm glad you asked these questions, because principles are what matter. Um, we are pro-freedom, anti Uh Jonathan put it well when he was talking about the non-aggression principle. That's a, that's a core principle that everyone understands when it comes to his own rights. It's when they're trying to take the rights of someone else away. Uh, that's where government needs to step in and stop that. That's the purpose of government. And we have our the name of our party, the namesake is, is right on the money. We have these constitutions. We're republics. We're not democracies. And uh, the rep- republic is ruled by law. And law is defined by these, these founding documents, which are based on the principle of unalienable rights granted by God that then we delegate to government to act on our behalf now you can't delegate something you don't have and just like Jonathan said if you don't have the right to make your neighbor wear a mask you can't delegate that right to government and to have them do it for you
0: um, I'd like to maybe get a little bit uh, have you get a little bit personal I'll do this reverse order starting with Kevin Paulson and, and going back um, so you mentioned um, uh, made a little bit of a reference to, to, to maybe personal feelings in in what you, you just felt, or people tell you at least um, that that you know it's, it's not a good feeling voting for the lesser of two evils, right? You want to vote your 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 pure conscience. Uh, has that been yeah. a personal journey for you? Were you a Republican, for example? What's your journey?
3: Yeah, I was for a long time, and I and I do actually recommend if you if you want to. Uh, impact, change, there's nothing wrong with joining the party that has the most influence and trying to work within the system, but gosh, I tried it for years, and I just kept getting disappointed, and, uh, and when Chuck Baldwin made that statement, I thought, my goodness, you know, I have to be accountable to God for my vote. I have to be accountable to God for what I'm doing, and so why not work toward uh, something that you can actually stand on? principles that you can stand on. Now, the Republican Party's principles are pretty good, but they don't do what they say. I mean, they continually violate <laughs> their own platform. And so, uh, you know, after being disappointed after years, uh, I just said, heck with this. Let's, let's, let's
2: do something good.
0: Uh, so, a uh, follow-up. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people, and, and this is what you hear in the media, and, and, you know, I have a lot of friends who are very concerned. Um, they see stark differences between the two major parties, and they want to vote strategically to make sure the, the right person gets in from their p- point of view. Um, as uh, Kevin Paulson, is that still part of your makeup? Do you still worry about that, knowing that Constitution Party is not yeah. going to govern tomorrow, but—, but uh, I, I... Go ahead. I
3: definitely empathize with people. They, they are put into this, this left-right paradigm, and uh, that is a mistake because the fact of the matter is the same people influence both parties. They are literally two sides of the same coin. This is how, if you're a, if you're a government bureaucrat, if you're a, if you're a tyrant, how do you gain control of the populace? You divide them into two camps, and you get them fighting each other. And then you're winning, you're losing, you're winning, you're losing. You think you're winning, you think you're. But what happens? Government gets bigger and more powerful every year. It doesn't matter which party is in charge, Republicans or Democrats. You get the same result.
0: Mm. Uh, Richard Davis, uh, similar question to you. S- sort of personal journey. You uh, were you in one of the major parties, and then and then what? Um, I guess on a personal level, what what made you think, uh, man, this is, this isn't working for me. We need to form a new party.
1: So uh, yeah, I, I have been actually a member of, of both of the major parties at some point in time. In both cases, attempting to um, <clears throat> sort of help the party to move away from uh, a more extreme position to be able to appeal to voters who are like the voters <clears throat> who are voting for United Utah Party candidates—more <clears throat> moderate, more practical, more common sense, just you know, want to get things done and really don't like the partisan bickering that, that goes on uh, in Washington and also in Salt Lake City. So um, I, I, I realized, uh, again, 2017, uh, actually earlier than that, but, but uh, uh, I began to reach out to the people as I realized that, hey, you know, I've tried both parties. I've tried, and they are becoming more polarized over time, not less polarized um, they they become, they become more different from one another. And as a result, uh, there are a lot of people who are politically homeless in the middle, and those people need representation. So uh, I started to uh, go out and talk to other people and say, hey, do you feel the same way? Uh, people who had been Republicans, uh, for example, Jim Bennett, who was, who was Bob Bennett's son, um, people who had been Democrats, uh, active in the Democratic Party, a former uh, gubernatorial uh, candidate, um, and said, do, do you agree with, uh, with what, what I'm feeling here? And, and they did. And in fact, there were a lot of people who felt that way. Uh, and we feel like the more that we get known in the state as the moderate alternative, um, and, and by the way, we don't really um, see ourselves as a third party. In about half the races where our candidates are running, Uh, there's only one major party candidate there. Uh, In some cases, there's just our candidate and the Republican Party candidate. So, uh, you know, in fact, in three counties of the state, we have more of our candidates running than the Democrats do. And one of those is Utah County. Mm. Uh, So, you know, in those cases, uh, when voters look at the ballot, they don't see a third party. They see a second party, which is the United Utah Party.
0: So i imagine you view that as a, as an opportunity, Utah to be a very strong one, you know, in some cases a one-party state um, where, where you could be, be the second party.
1: Exactly. I mean, there's, there is a vacuum there that the Democratic Party has created uh, by not competing in most of the state, and we actually are filling that vacuum in, in fact, where our candidates ran in 2018, where Democrats had run before, they did better than the Democrats had done, which suggested to us that we're we're getting votes from people who wouldn't vote for Democrats, uh, but will vote for our candidates. And we also have candidates who are running against uh, Democratic incumbents uh, as well. So it's 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 not just that we're running against the Republicans. We're running everywhere across the state um, uh, wherever, you know, wherever we feel like we can be able to uh, to win.
0: That's our goal is to to win. Um, uh, Jonathan Choate, uh, uh, you know, tell, remind us uh, somewhat of your personal story. Um, I referenced that at the beginning of the program. Uh, We're Republican, we're Libertarian, Republican back to Libertarian. But I know, and maybe make reference to this um, I asked uh, Kevin Paulson about strategic voting. um, And I know when we had you on, uh, oh, i can't remember when it was uh i guess the primaries leading up to the primaries you were thinking strategically right you were you were saying that uh, if uh, the democrats nominated bernie sanders you were probably going to vote for trump
2: yeah there, i mean there definitely has to be a, a level of uh, you know to quote a uh, former president strategery um in in how we're we're voting um I tend to have this, you know, this is kind of a, a personal thing of how I do it, is if a candidate is, you know, we'll say 70% I'm okay with them. You know, 30% differ policy-wise from what I want, and 70% okay. Regardless of what party they're in, I can probably support them. Um, but then the other thing comes into If a candidate is down there in the, you know, 15% I'm in favor and 85% I'm against them, Sometimes it's more about making sure they don't get in than uh, making sure that the guy I really want to get in is there. So this is the nature of politics. We can't always have it. In fact, we especially those of us in third parties, we rarely get what we want. So we have to, you know, we have to play, well, have to play politics in the game of politics. So, uh, you know, I've been... I've been a Republican. I've actually been in the Constitution Party, too. I've been a Libertarian for most of my adult life. And I I chose intentionally to say, look, this is a supermajority state. Uh, If you want to have any influence, you've got to do so in the party. And at the time, I felt the Republican Party was close enough and that they respected enough of what my political beliefs were that I could operate inside them. Uh, and so I did that for a number of years and I had some you know, leadership positions, nothing important, but you know, around the county. And, uh, but 2016 came and I felt that we just, they had gone too far away from where I was. Um, that we were, we were not again espousing those principles of liberty. We were just fighting over who had power rather than what power is appropriate to wield. Uh, and, of course, in my opinion, that as a libertarian, is as little as possible. So I decided to leave again there, and it did make the national press because of just the nature of the times. Um, but that's not to say that, that things can't change, and if the, one of the parties were to wake up to where they are going, then it's possible I could join them again. Uh, right now, I don't foresee that, but it's certainly possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Before we go to break, I want to t- return to uh, Mr. Paulson uh, with the Constitution Party of Utah. Um, you said you were, you know in the Republican Party for for qu- quite a few years, right? And and um, you know tried to influence uh, from within. And now in the Constitution Party, and I want to ask you about that. Um, given the reality, at least right now, that one of the two major parties is going to have power, and it alternates. Um, and it's supposed to be a big tent, right? And and, and I wonder what you'd say about influencing from within. Don't you feel that you could have more influence if you were inside the Republican Party?
3: But it used to be that way. <clears throat> but then we passed this HB 54, um, where it was basically an attack on the caucus system. And so, uh, interesting to note, though, the Republican Party pretended to be against HB 54, but they were actually for it. That was most of the Republican Party leadership. And they even concocted a big scheme to fool the public, fool the party into believing that they were fighting HB 54 when in fact all along they were in favor of it. Really crazy stuff. Uh, And what HB 54 is, just a reminder for your listeners, it enables, uh, what it does is it forces the parties to accept a primary if somebody gets enough signatures. that's not even a member of the party. Somebody can say, hey, I want to I wanna just get a bu- collect a bunch of signatures and run as a candidate for Senate. Uh, for example, Mitt Romney did this. And uh, I'll get a bunch of signatures, and then I'll force the party to hold a primary, even if they don't want to, even if their bylaws say not to. And so that's illegal. It's unconstitutional. That's why we have the constitution. That's one one reason I'm in the Constitution Party. We have these uh, these rules for government. We say, government, you can do this, and you can't do anything else. And the rights are the people's right. So so now we have this crazy system where uh, you used to be able to have influence within the party as a delegate, and that was when I got involved in the in the Republican Party really heavily. Was I became a delegate? I, I was able to go and and talk face-to-face with the candidates, and they cared what I had to say. And so I could magnify my vote by influencing within the party. But guess what? The Constitution Party, all we had to do to get around HB 54 was to petition the court and say, hey, we want an exemption, and they gave it to us. And the Republican Party is claiming that they couldn't get that exemption. It's a lie.
0: Interesting, and so uh, so you feel that the, your, your chance to really have influence in the party uh, disappeared when the Republican Party made that decision?
3: Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. They they completely eliminated the caucus, and and yet the vast majority of the of the involved party members, uh, the people that really the movers and the shakers, the ones that cared, the ones that cared enough to go to their caucus meeting and get elected, um, they all loved the caucus. Of course, they did, right? But there was this. Um, effort by the republican party leadership to thwart that and this was like uh count my vote that whole thing um they pushed that through and and what it does is it keeps outsiders out it uh it ensures that the power players the ones with money stay in and it and it keeps the grassroots out they don't like the grassroots after ron paul made a big stink in the republican party in 2012 and and uh the prior election um, he had so much influence in the caucus system that it scared them, and uh, people like uh, Orrin Hatch spent millions of dollars fighting this. And uh, honestly, it's just an example of corruption within the Republican Party, which uh, basically runs the state. And uh, and that's I just couldn't be a part of that anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and just to clarify, lest people make assumptions, I assume you uh, you, you find a. I guess equal uh, equal problems of the Democratic Party.
3: Oh, I'm sure, but uh, you know, in Utah, it's pro- I have a more respect for the Democrat Party in Utah because at least uh, you know they're smaller. They're not likely. They don't wield the power that the Republicans do, and power corrupts. And uh, you've heard the quote: "Absolute power corrupts absolutely."
0: Mm uh richard davis um i wonder about this question of influence uh, I, I you know i'm sure you've thought about this obviously you're in, b- in both major parties um and i assume you're in there you know trying to have influence to, to get the the issues that that you wanted um uh, uh, moved forward uh do you feel uh, do you feel some confidence that you're you're having some influence united utah party that you're making enough proje- progress to, to feel that uh, that uh, Maybe you'll have ultimate influence. Maybe get some of your uh, people elected.
1: <laughs> well, we uh, we we do feel like we are influencing. Uh, we feel like uh, the Republican Party, particularly, is responding to our candidates, and a bit worried because uh, this is you know we're we're not uh, your grandfather's political party. You know, they, 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 there used to be a system that Republicans and Democrats were fairly happy with, which is the Republicans could you know blame the democrats for being far left and the democrats could blame the republicans for being far right and force people to choose between those alternatives and we're we're not coming up with a new ideology we're actually representing where where people already are they're frustrated by the fact that they don't have a voice in the system uh, they see politicians who stay in too long and can't seem to be uh, voted out of office. They, they worry about campaign finance uh, donations uh, affecting people's votes, and, and they do affect legislators' votes. Uh, and those kinds of things are, are just how people feel. So our party is basically representing how people feel, not you know, sort of trying to persuade them to some new ideology. And in that sense, we are influential in that we're giving people who feel that way an opportunity to have a vote that actually reflects th- their, their views. So in that sense, we're influential. We're, we're influential in the sense that, as I said before, we, we have, uh, we've had now four uh, current or former elected officials running with our party, to two in 2018 and, and two now, and those are people who are saying, I'm, I'm not happy with uh, what I'm faced with in terms of the Democratic Party or the Republican Party um and uh, so they they want an alternative themselves and they're helping others to see that alternative also so we're we're you know we're shaking up things in areas w- where there have not been actual campaigns for for quite some time will we elect people uh this this election we don't know we're you know, we're hopeful um but we know that this is uh, a long-term building process. Uh, this is our third election. Uh, you know, we don't have the, the, the history of the Constitution Party, the Libertarian Party, the Green Party. They've all been around much longer, um, but yet we have actually done quite well, uh, given the, the brevity of our existence, uh, to be able to get, as I said, about 10% of the vote uh, on aggregate uh, in the two elections that we've, we've run so far. And we expect, again, that we will be doing better uh, this election.
0: Uh, Jonathan Choate, we, we've talked a little bit about this. I wonder if you w- want to expand on this, this question of influence. And you, it uh, sounds like you have gone where you felt like you could have uh, the influence when you wanted to have the influence.
2: Yeah, that's correct. And, I again, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, as long as there is influence to be had, as long as the people the, in the party if you're, if you're with, are willing to accept that you're not necessarily going to go with the flow that you're going to be um I won't, uh, agitator is not the right word but you're going to be you know pushing for a is different influence um then i have no problem with that and i think that there are definitely appropriate times for that what i run into is when the party just gets too far afield and you're simply seen as oh just this silly person over there with their funny beliefs don't worry about them um so it's a balance, and you've got to find out what works for you. I mean, it's a very different scenario in a supermajority state versus, uh, you know, a state that's very close between the two parties. Oh, um, or uh, if, if the, you know, the, the brand of Democrat in Utah or the brand of Republican in Utah is very different than, say, in California or in Texas or in Connecticut. So you've got to find what it is for you um, individually in your area. And if you think you can be more effective within one of the major parties, that you know, more power to you. Just make sure that you understand what your principles are before you're doing so and what you're trying to accomplish with that. Um, I've tried, and I think uh, it was actually very effective. But, again, the party moved to the point where, in 2016, I just simply couldn't go along with them down that road. And I thought it was necessary to try to influence things from the outside.
0: Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, our final segment with uh, a program on third parties, um, or as Richard Davis points out, in some races they're the second party, United-Utah party. Um, But alternative parties – Uh, leading up to the election, which is less than uh, a week away. Uh, We have with us Jonathan Choate, county chairman of the Cache County Libertarian Party, Richard Davis, chair of the United Utah Party, and Kevin Paulson, who is first vice chair of the Constitution Party of Utah. You can join this program with your question or comment to upraxess at gmail.com, upraxess at gmail.com. I'd love to know if you're voting uh, third party. Uh, what your thoughts? are. Upraxess at gmail.com. More following this.
4: 2020 Election Programming on Utah Public Radio is supported by Southern Utah University, offering online programs that are designed to provide flexibility and affordability. Accelerate the path to professional achievement by choosing the online degree that's right for you. Information available at suu.edu slash online. And election coverage is also supported by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University, working to move mountains for Utah girls and women through research, resources, and events. Information is available at utwomen.org.
2: Here at Wait, Wait, we are absolutely delighted the presidential campaign is just about over. Eugene Cordero really was bored by the last debate. I mean,
3: I didn't
0: hear enough shut-ups
2: in this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel, You need people being rude to each other for the course of an hour? We got you. Join us for the news quiz from NPR.
4: Saturday mornings at 9 on Utah Public Radio.
0: Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. time Tom Williams, and we're talking about third parties on the program today. Um, and they're, of course, vying for attention, vying for votes, vying for influence. Um, the system um, is, is working against them in many cases. Um, and that's where I want to go in this final segment of the program, uh, ask the question, what would need to change uh, for you know, absolute viability for, for third parties? Uh, But love to hear your question or comment, Upraccess at gmail.com, Upraccess at uh, gmail.com. And uh, by the way, we put the word out to the Green Party. We wanted uh, a party on the left but uh, didn't hear back from them. But I just want to read this. Uh, This is from uh, the National Green Party website, uh, which is gp.org, gp.org. Um, and here is what they say. And the, some of this may resonate, I'm sure, with, uh, with our guests here. They say, We're grassroots activists, environmentalists, advocates for social change, nonviolent resistors, and regular citizens who've had enough of corporate-dominated politics. Government must be part of the solution, but when it's controlled by the 1%, it's part of the problem. The longer we wait for change, the harder it gets. Don't stay home on Election Day, they say. Vote Green. Vote Green. Uh, so, uh, so we don't run out of time uh, for this. Let's go quickly around the panel before we get into this this uh, final couple of questions. Uh, so, Jonathan Choate, how how can people reach the Cache County Libertarian Party? What's a good contact
2: point? Uh, well, we've got a Facebook page, not particularly active. I'm not a huge uh, social media person these days, um, but uh, Libertarian Party has you know a number of resources throughout the state. Um, the state. Uh, uh, area you know web page and contact information they can be funneled through to contact me i'm happy to spend any amount of time um, in educating and uh, you know teaching people how to you know define what their principles are and what the principles of the libertarian party are and how that they can get involved and be active um, so that would be that would be a lot to suggest i don't want to give a phone number out on the air but the website um, you know the utah libertarian party website is where i would definitely go
0: Okay. Uh, LibertarianUtah.org is what I've found, LibertarianUtah.org. Yeah, um, yeah that's correct. Uh, great. Uh, so, uh, Richard Davis, how best to contact the United Utah Party?
1: We also have a webpage, UnitedUtah.org, uh, where voters can learn about the party, uh, learn about things that we're doing, uh, volunteer, donate, subscribe to our newsletter, we also have, we're on Facebook, we're on uh, Twitter, um, we um, um, have uh, candidates who have their own websites and there's a list of candidates on our website, so if someone wants to take a look at, at uh, who a candidate is that they can vote for, uh, that, that's a good way to do it.
0: All right. Kevin Paulson, uh, Constitution Party of Utah, how, how to contact uh, you folks?
3: Yeah, like, likewise, we are on all the social media platforms, and we have a website, utahconstitutionparty.com. And uh, you can, of course, uh, reach out to me if you like, Kevin Paulson. I'm not shy. You can look me up on Facebook. Okay. And,
0: uh, I'd love to chat with you. <laughs> all right, excellent. Yeah. Uh, conversations worth having. Um, so we just have about seven minutes here. I'll, I'll just go quickly around the panel here. And uh, I want to ask you, what do you think needs to change? Of course, the... Structurally, you know, winner take all uh, states uh, and a lot of different things um, really have kind of, um, you know, baked in two major parties. Um, uh, Jonathan Cho, what, what do you think would need to change for third parties to be, you know, truly, truly viable?
2: Well, you know, in the United States, uh, as a funny saying that the parliamentary systems have is that they form parties. And then uh, they form coalitions. So they have lots of different parties. and You can have a party with 4% have influence because they form coalitions after the fact. We do it the opposite. We form coalitions, and then we form parties. So we have, I would look at them more as caucuses within the various parties or, or representing those different interests. Now, that's not to say everybody should just jump in and join one of the caucuses on either the Democrats or Republicans. What I'm saying is, is, the United States does it a lot differently. I don't think we're going to have a viable third party uh, in our way our system is. I think what's going to happen, though, is one of the two major parties is going to lose its place at the top of that uh, that structure, and one of the third parties today is going to be able to move into that second party position. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's the process, and you know it's not going to be in one election, but I think that's where we have to be: is we have to look at building these parties up and attracting the people who are. Are, you know, firm in their beliefs and who are trying to actively participate in politics to get them to, you know, and as the, the parties fail, because they do, we it's happened in the past, we've got to be ready to step in and take that leading position.
0: Interesting. So that that's uh last time that happened, 1850s, the Whigs died and the Republicans were formed. So you, you think that might might happen Correct. in the future, yeah. Um, I think,
2: you know, that's certainly the, our only model that we've had in the past, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, so, Richard Davis, do you, uh, structurally, of course, you're operating in, uh, in Utah, not nationally. Uh, do you feel like the, the structural barriers, or do you feel like you, you can be viable? And You've talked about this, that United Utah could perhaps jump over the Democrats in, in many cases.
1: Well, as I said before, we, we actually have done better where Democrats ran before. But one thing that uh, we need to do is create an independent electoral commission in the state, so that uh, the electoral apparatus is, is not run by partisans. I mean, every county clerk is partisan. They, they really should be nonpartisan. The state uh, elections office is run by the lieutenant governor, a partisan office. Um, another is re- redistricting. Uh, we did pass uh, Prop 4 in 2018, but the legislature is, is going to water it down in this next session uh, to make sure that there really isn't much to it uh we need to have uh, an independent redistricting commission that actually draws the lines rather than the state legislature but i think the the real key here is going to be uh a party that appeals to a broad swath of the public uh, uh and Rather than sort of takes a particular narrow ideology or single issue, sometimes uh, third parties have done that, and that's again where we think we come in because we we have issues that are appealing at uh, public education, as as I mentioned, uh, reform of the political system like term limits and campaign finance limits. Um, health care, those are the sorts of things that ordinary voters are very interested in and feel like the two major parties are just bickering over and not really uh, serving their their needs. So uh, I think that's going to be the most important part of that change from uh, a uh, a, a, a so-called third party, uh, which people are calling us to, actually being one of the two major parties. And I think it's quite possible in Utah, again, because of the vacuum. That the Democratic Party has, has left by only competing, really, in Salt Lake County. Uh,
0: so, to Polson, just about a minute left uh, We'll give you the last word on here. Do you, do, what would have to change structurally, uh, do you think, or what, what would you like to see changed?
3: Oh, I would love to see the party designator taken off of the ballot. Um, that way it forces uh, voters to get to know the candidates. And, uh, you know, why, if you can't put any other messages on the ballot except your name, why can you put your party designator? Uh, George Washington wouldn't have been in favor of that. He wasn't in favor of the parties. Um, I mean, as a Constitution Party, though, just jumping, uh, we're doing a good job of getting on the ballot, and it's, a, it's an alternative, and uh, it's a good alternative most of the time. And, and so uh, uh, you want to be on the ballot, but more importantly is education. We need to educate people as to what the principles of government ought to be, and we need to shrink government down to size so that there isn't an avenue for corruption. I mean, if there's so much power in government, it, it breeds corruption. So, yeah, those are some changes I would, I would hope to see.
0: Okay, and, and we're out of time. Uh, good discussion, uh, gentlemen. Uh, thank you. Um, and uh, good things to think about. As I said at the top of the program, I've got some friends who are... We're wondering, man, what's the alternative? So we've presented some alternatives here today. Uh, Jonathan Choate, uh, County Chairman of the Cache County Libertarian Party, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, Richard Davis, Chair of the United Utah Party, thank you. good to be on. And uh, Kevin Polson, First Vice Chair of the Constitution Party of Utah, thank you.
3: Thank you, Tom. Really appreciate the opportunity.
0: You bet. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to Access Utah today.
4: 2020 election coverage on Utah Public Radio is supported by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University, working to move mountains for Utah girls and women through research, resources, and events. Information is available at utwomen.org. Election programming is also supported by Southern Utah University, offering online programs that are designed to provide flexibility and affordability. Accelerate the path to professional achievement by choosing the online degree that's right for you. Information available at suu.edu online. This is Utah Public Radio, a statewide member-supported service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan, also heard at UPR.org and on the UPR app. Both sides of the aisle is coming up next here on Utah Public Radio, followed by Undisciplined at 1030. Thank mm-hmm. you.